0: You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of NCBA's Beltway Beef. I'm Hunter Ehrman, and today we're joined by a very special guest, NCBA's CEO, Colin Woodall, who was in Washington this week for the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. Colin, can you give us some background to this event and some of the key messages you heard from Biden administration officials?
0: Well, this is the first White House conference on hunger and nutrition in over 50 years. And it's important to look back at that first conference and what it gave us. And one of the things that came out of that first conference. Conference with the Dietary Guidelines for Americans. And as our members understand, every five years since, it has been a fight to keep beef in the center of the plate. So we went in today's conference with a healthy dose of skepticism on what we were going to hear. Uh, I will tell you it was uh, a bit of a mixed message for us. Uh, on one hand, we see some great opportunities here because they talked about the need for uh, nutritious foods and we know that beef fits that mantra, plain and simple. Uh, Nutrient-dense, healthy, we can cover all of those boxes. They also spend some time focused on evidence-based science as driving decisions we also believe in evidence-based science. But unfortunately, there was quite a bit of talk about a move towards more plant-based systems. And as you can imagine, uh, that is something that concerns us greatly, especially when it concerns things
1: such as fake meat. Now, Colin, this conference gives us an opportunity to think about some of those nutritional values of beef. How does beef fit into a balanced diet?
0: You know, you look at beef and across the board, the way we've been able to keep it in the center of the plate throughout every iteration of the Dietary Guidelines of Americans is by promoting the nutritional value, especially when it comes to B vitamins, zinc, for example, but also being able to show how lean beef in particular through studies such as the BOLD study, Beef and the Optimum Lean Diet, uh, which was chucked off funded continues to just illustrate that that nutrient density of our product is, is hard to beat. Uh, you know, I believe in order to get the same amount of protein, you'd have to eat six cups of quinoa. So when you look at it, it makes beef a much better choice. And we have to just make sure we continue to promote it. We do a great job of promoting that. Again, that's why we've been successful in all of the previous dietary guidelines for Americans. We've got another one coming up here in 2025 that we have to get prepared for. And we just need to really lean on what the White House has been talking about in terms of evidence-based science in order for us to maintain that position. If they will stick to evidence, evidence-based evidence science, then we know that we have all of the data, the material to support uh, beef and optimum lean diet and beef stroll in general in all diets. And so that's what we'll continue to fight for.
1: Now, on the topic of the Biden administration, we saw USDA release a new Packers and Stockyards uh, rule. It's also being called the GYPSA rule. Uh, what is in this rule that would impact cattle producers? You can give us a little bit of background on this issue?
0: So most people will probably uh, remember it as the GYPSA rule. GYPSA being the Old Grain Inspection Packers and Stockyards Administration. It no longer exists, but we spent so long fighting that rule. It's the best way to get people's attention because this is once again USDA coming in and trying to tell cattle producers how they can and cannot market cattle but what's most concerning is just how broad this seems to be it's very broad in scope a little light in details and anytime you have anything from a federal agency that is so broad in scope and light in details you have to get worried uh, because it goes back to what we have spent past two years talking about and that is where is the appropriate role of government In cattle markets. We want the government to stay out of cattle markets. But at the same time, when it comes to the Packers and Stockyards Act, as it exists today, we think it does a good job. It just needs to be fully enforced. That's what we are focused on. Instead of trying to add more layers to this, let's enforce what we have, make sure it's fully staffed. And if we do that, then a lot of the issues that are popping up in this proposed rule are going to be ones that just aren't as important anymore.
1: So before you were CEO, you were the head of the NCBA DC office, and it seems like many of these same issues you dealt with when you were in Washington are coming up again and again, which brings me to WOTUS, Waters of the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court is set to hear oral arguments in the case Sackett versus EPA uh, on October 3rd. What is NCBA looking for out of this case?
0: Uh, we're definitely looking for a, a win on the Sackett side of this, you know, because if we do, then I think it really does start to poke even more holes in this concept of Waters of the United States, WOTUS, as it was envisioned by the Obama administration. So we have been engaged in this case by filing a friend of the court documents and making sure that it's very clear how we feel about this. Because here we are, after all the work we did to fight back against the 2015 rule, here we have um, the Biden administration coming out and trying, once again, to bring WOTUS back. So any action, including the Sackett case, where our side, and that is the side of keeping The federal government from regulating every single ditch out there. Uh, If we can get a win on this, I think it would set just a really healthy precedent to help us continue to push back against the Biden administration's effort and hopefully any future efforts in regards
1: to defining what is a water of the United States. So one of the emerging issues, uh, emerging threats to the cattle industry is coming from the Securities and Exchange Commission in the form of a really broad greenhouse gas and climate disclosure rule. Can you remind us again why this is such an issue for cattle producers?
0: You know, this is an issue because this is mission creep You know, we just talked about the packers and stockyards act and the proposed rule that's out there you know the packers and stockyards act is supposed to be out there regulating the marketplace they they have that role we talked about wotus epa is out there they're supposed to be regulating waters the securities and exchange commission is not supposed to be regulating greenhouse gases but that's exactly what we are saying their role is to regulate those publicly traded companies and the financial transactions between them. It's not meant to regulate greenhouse gases. They don't have the jurisdiction, they don't have the expertise. So this is, once again, an agenda-driven action by an agency to try to force more greenhouse gas regulations on all segments of the supply chain. And with this, especially if it covers scope three, it means that All of our greenhouse gas emissions as cattle producers are gonna have to be passed up the chain as we sell our cattle. SEC needs to focus on Wall Street, not on Main Street, because their jurisdiction their area of expertise is on financial markets. It's not on greenhouse gases. So that's why we're working so hard to drive that point home to make sure that Gary Gensler, who's the chairman of the SEC, understands this is not where he needs to be. And we have quite a few members on Capitol Hill who have been very willing to step up and help us fight back.
1: Well, it's starting to feel like fall in D.C., which means the end of the year is coming up on us. So as you look back at everything NCBA worked on this year, what stands out to you in terms of policy wins?
0: Washington, D.C. is one of those interesting towns where sometimes, Winning means keeping things from happening. And I think 2022 happens to be one of those years where winning for us was just keeping bad ideas from happening. And it culminates in things such as being able to fight back against the SEC rule, uh, in things such as uh, making sure that legislation was not passed that uh, would. Insert the government into market regulation. So that's how I'm looking at at the wins. Now there have been some uh, some good wins out there. For example, uh, you know in the continuing resolution, we just finally got another extension of mandatory livestock reporting. Something that we've been working on. We still have more to do there, but we've been able to maintain that program. That is a win. Uh, right now, however, it's it's about looking towards the the rest of the year, because it's a little too early to start claiming victory yet, because there's going to be a lame duck session. You know, here we are, Congress is now done. They are heading to the airports as quickly as they can, get home to finish off uh, campaign season. Then they'll come back after Election Day, and we're gonna have quite a few more fights on our hands. So uh, while we've been happy, a lot of the stuff we've kept at bay, the fight is definitely not over, but that's why NCBA is in Washington, D.C. That's why we are fighting here every single day for the rights of our members, the cattle producers, and more importantly, to follow the member-driven and member-voted-on policy that directs this organization. Well, Colin, thanks so much for the update
1: today. Thank you, Hunter.
0: This has been another episode of Beltway Beat, Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.